Welcome back to another edition of the Acacia Covered podcast brought to you by CapFed True Blue, our partner here at Acacia Covered. Uh, once again, this is Brent Maycock and with you, with me as well, Mac Moore, Scott Pask and Ricky Peterson. And we are deep in the uh, heart of basketball season. This is the, the two week stretch of the season uh, outside of the postseason that really, uh, really, we get a lot of basketball in. I know uh, I spent a lot of time in gyms last weekend. I think I saw upwards of uh, 10 to 12 games. Uh, I know Scott and Mac and Ricky, you guys were out at different uh, different basketball tournaments as well. Last week was uh, the ma- majority of the midseason tournaments. Uh, usually we kind of call it boys week, girls week, but there's so many boys tournaments held that uh, last week, uh, the, the, you know, that middle week in January, but also a lot of girls tournaments when you talk about some, some leagues having their tournaments that week, other tournaments like Hoisington, Sterling, Hillsboro, some of those that uh, have boys and girls sides with them. And there was a lot, a lot of tournament action, a lot of great tournament uh, champions, a lot of great tournament title games. And uh, so we'll just kind of take a look back at some of our, uh, some of the, some of the champions from the different tournaments and, uh, and the, the area of the state that had produced the most champions would have been the South Central Kansas where Scott's at. And I know he, uh, he ventured out to, uh, to a handful of tournaments, but boy, Scott, you had teams winning tournaments all across the state. Yeah, it was kind of a hotbed for for championship championship week. Anyway, I think we ended up with uh, at least of the, the schools that I cover, fourteen boys teams and, and four or five girls teams that, that won titles, and and uh, just seemed like uh, Saturday they were just coming one right after the other. So uh, a lot of no no surprise really. A lot of good teams, a lot of highly ranked teams in this in this part of the state, and and uh, they really uh, they went to different corners of the state and, and kind of proved their worth, uh, so to speak. Uh, last week, as for me, I spent most of my time just kind of driving up and down Interstate 135 and and uh, picking off number one ranked teams in the state, and and got a chance to to look at uh, May South boys, the the number one team in 5A, uh, caught their first round game at at the Valley Center January Jam, and and uh, you know it wasn't wasn't their their most sterling effort, but they did get through that game against Wichita Southeast, and then came back and and really had two nice wins against. Uh, a ranked Shawnee Mission East team, and then Blue Valley West in the championship game, and and uh, Joe Jackson's got a really good team. That's my that was my first look at them. Uh, right now they're sitting at twelve and zero, and and uh, uh, I think what kind of struck me is they're just a team that can fill every position. They've got a really good point guard in Michael Cades, who was the the tournament MVP, and then uh, uh, Tory Holman, the Fort Hayes State signee, gives them a really active inside presence, and uh, Darius Felton, uh, Jaron Askren, a good football player who's who's a good baseline. Uh, shooter for them, uh, Sammy Dressy, the wide receiver for their football team, is just kind of a, uh, a hustler, a scrapper for them, and and uh, so uh, I, I think they've, you know, I've seen them in, in Cape and Mount Carmel, the number two ranked team uh, in five A, and boy, I, I just think that would be a well of a battle if those two uh, got together down the road. They're both very similar and, and just very scrappy and active teams. So uh, good, good to get a look at the, at the Mavericks and. Um, then also went up to McPherson, the 60th annual uh, McPherson Invitational, up at the Roundhouse, and and uh, uh, saw McPherson's first round game against Bishop Carroll, which you know wasn't wasn't uh, probably the Bullpups' most sterling effort uh, this year, but they did get through that one. And and I, I unfortunately I was just two days too early there because uh, McPherson made it on into the championship game. And uh, you know if you've had a chance to check out my roundup on AcaciaCover.com. Uh, uh, Kirk Kinneman called the first half of their championship game against against Hutchinson maybe the best half of basketball he's seen uh, in his 29 years of coaching at, at uh, McPherson. 
they they took a very good uh, Hutchinson team and just dismantled them. Uh, beat them seventy eight to forty two in the championship game, fifty one to fourteen at halftime. And I, I'm telling you, when I heard that score, it was the you know, my eyebrows raised because I've seen Hutchinson, uh, a really solid team that made the the five A tournament last year, and, and McPherson just really put it on them. Uh, Gabe Pyle, they're kind of their six three guard who's who's uh, you know kind of built like a string bean, but he's got a lot of bounce. He had a marvelous tournament for McPherson. Uh, earned the MVP honor and scored 66 points in the three games, had, had 27 in the final. Uh, so, uh, you know, from, from the comments, Coach Kenneman, he, you know, he said the old timers told him that maybe is the best, most complete half of basketball they've seen, uh, in the roundhouse. So, you know, you know, if you know much about McPherson basketball, uh, that a lot of those fans that sit in the stands there have been watching basketball since, uh, uh, you know, it, well, before Mike Henson was the coach who was the pre- predecessor to, to, uh, Kenneman and, and they've been watching basketball a long time. And I think, uh, the Bullpups really put on a show, uh, in winning their, their 25th, uh, title in the McPherson Invitational out of, out of 60. So, uh, a nice run there for McPherson. And then the other number one team I got to see, uh, you know, McPherson number one and 4A boys got to see the, the Andover girls up at the Salina Invitational and Andover's girls, uh, ranked number one in 5A. Uh, when I got there, I didn't realize, um, you know, they were playing that tournament without Brooke Walker, their University of Utah signee. She had actually sprained an ankle in the in the final game before the tournament. Uh, probably could have played. She suited up. But I think uh, Coach Hannah Alexander told me they were, you know, they're kind of thinking big picture. They'd rather have uh, Walker healthy and ready for the stretch run in, in March. And and uh, I think Andover showed itself as a as a – team that can survive without its star. They've got, uh, you know, another good, a really good player in Aaliyah Green, the, the Hutchinson transfer, and she ended up being the tournament MVP there. Uh, Andover won their three tournament games pretty comfortably, including, I think, uh, uh, what was the final score? They beat uh, Great Bend, I believe, by 18 in the championship game, and Green was a big factor there. And uh, Andover showed they've just got, uh, you know, Green inside with her her presence is, is uh you know, she's a force there. Of course, they've got Elena Shetler, who's, who's going to Oral Roberts, uh, who can shoot it from the perimeter. And then they've got – they've really just got a, a group of guards that are – none of them are very big, but they're very scrappy. And and uh, um, a couple freshmen, uh, Bella Budara and, and Asia Sullivan, who who kind of just harassed the other team. And, and they really – they made it tough for Great Ben to get into the offense and and uh, kind of showed why they're, they're the number one team there uh, in 5A. So you know it was kind of nice to to get a to finally get out on the road and and get the you know with a chance to catch those teams playing. Uh, you know there were some other a lot of other champions in my area as you mentioned. Wichita Heights, the number one team in six A, uh, goes out to Dodge City and and wins three games by an average of almost twenty five points uh, to to win that tournament. Um, Chase Robinson had a big game for the Falcons in the in the championship against uh, Manhattan. Uh, T.J. Williams, of course, the, the Wichita State signee. That that is just a really good uh, number one ranked team in 6A. They they came back and and played a, a Wichita Northwest team that won the Topeka Invitational this weekend uh, in their first game back from the tournament and and dismantled them the other night. So Heights is really uh, looking strong in 6A. Uh, as I mentioned, that Wichita Northwest team, of course, had a rough night the other night, but Saturday went up to Topeka and. And beat a uh, Highland Park team that I thought was very invested in that Topeka Invitational. Uh, got got past them by three with a big game from Eli Benning. So, uh, you know, I think the first tournament midseason tournament title for Northwest in about two decades. So, uh, so a nice win for them uh, up in Topeka. 
uh, kind of looking down at the smaller schools, want some ones that stand out. Uh, El Saline from the Heart of America really was a nice story last week. They uh, went to the Canton Galva Invitational and knocked off reigning 2A champion uh, Mound Ridge, uh, 62 to 57 in that final. And I think what made that significant is kind of a little bit of, of recent history. El Saline, uh, a couple of years ago, was was breaking out of a 53-game losing streak and and uh, just did in a real tough stretch there and and ended up winning three games a couple years ago, <clears throat> but uh, came back last year and won 13 games to kind of to turn the ship in the right direction. And, and this year they're uh, off to a really good start, like eight and one. And then and with their tournament victory, they beat uh, Wichita Classical, a state qualifier, in the semifinals. And then uh, we're really high after that win over Mound Ridge, and and uh, uh, just a a good statement, a good a good measuring stick for them to to go from those lowly times to, to where they're at right now, which is eight and one. And, and after last week's rankings, they climbed in to number four in the, in the uh, KBCA's uh, class two, a rankings. So, uh, you know, a nice, uh, a nice victory there uh, for them. I'll take a breath and let somebody else jump in, but uh, you know, a lot of other champions that, 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 that uh, I can mention. And uh, you know, on the, on the girls side, uh, you know, another game I went and saw, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll touch, touch on this one and then get out. Couple of unbeaten's in in uh, the Central Kansas League. Hillsborough and Heston played for the girls' title at the Hillsborough tournament, and uh, you know that one that one's been coming down the tracks, and, and uh, uh, those teams have been playing really well. And, and Hillsborough uh, comes through with a forty five thirty victory over Heston's girls in the in the uh, Trojan Classic final. And Zaley Worth, their their senior, had a really big game. I think fifteen points in the championship, and and her freshman her freshman sister Amaya uh, had fourteen in that game, and and uh, uh, so they had the offense, but the thing that's kind of been the constant for Hillsborough's girls this season is their defense, and, and they've held, I think, every opponent under 30 points and, and held uh, Heston at 30 the other night. And that was an unbe- unbeaten Heston team that has a really uh, good offensive player in Kendall Bruggen. Uh, Heston made a nice little run in the third quarter, but but uh, Hillsborough writes the ship in the fourth quarter and, and stays unbeaten. Those teams will, will meet in the Central Kansas League here late next week, so that That'll be an anticipated rematch. They're both top three teams in, in their respective classes. So uh, that was a good game played in front of a good crowd and, and uh, just a, a, you know, a really nice tournament. As you mentioned, Brent, you just you, you can see so many – if you just kind of look at the schedule that we put out, uh, you know, the collection of schedules, uh, it, it's always great to be able to go out and, and, fi- and find these, these games. And there, were, there was no shortage of them last week. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, you mentioned that, you know, started out with that McPherson Invitational, and, and I can just put this out there. If anybody ever wants to know how to run a tournament, go to the McPherson Invitational and check out the media package Amen. that is given uh, with that with that program and, and to, to the media work in there. Uh, back from when Carol Swenson was the AD there running the tournament, uh, now Shane uh back is doing a great job up there i mean that is first class in terms of if you want to know information and history about a tournament the mcpherson invitational will provide that for you it was it was impressive when i was going there 20 years ago when i was working at the 20 plus years ago when i was working at the emporia gazette and emporia would always go over to that tournament and i just look forward to it every year just just to see the historical significance of different things and uh you know some of the great players and great teams that have played in that tournament through the years but uh when you want you want to talk about somebody that runs a first class tournament there's a lot to do there's a lot of a lot of people that run some great tournaments out there and do a really great job 
uh, with their tournaments. I know Burlington Invitational that I've been to the past couple of years, you know, their program, you know, you can find all the champions. You can find uh, the all the all-time all scoring leaders at the tournaments for tournaments and single game and stuff like that. And, you know, that, that's just so cool when, when these tournaments that are around for a long time really invest in themselves as well. And, uh, and and promote and, and and value the history of their of their of their events. You know, it's a it's a really cool thing to to do that. Like I said, I went to the Burlington tournament this year. Uh, I made a stop at the Twin Valley League tournament on uh, semifinal night. You know, I I'd only been to the Twin Valley League tournament once before and made it to championship night, and that was pretty cool. But you know, sometimes semifinal nights at these league tournaments are uh, are something to behold and. And because uh, you get more schools, more fans, more people, and obviously the weather played a big factor in kind of holding down some some crowds this year. In fact, I made it up to Onega for the Twin Valley League tournament and, and hadn't seen that that morning they had delayed the schedule by an hour. So I arrive at Onega and I'm sitting in the parking lot and there's one other car in the parking lot. And I'm like, what is, did they move the tournament somewhere? Or what's going on? Did they cancel for today? And, and it ended up, there were five schools in the league that had canceled school that day, but they, they went ahead and played. They just moved it an hour later. And I, I felt much better when the Hanover, Hanover bus and Clifton Clyde bus rolled into the parking lot. But, uh, but those semifinal nights, uh, it, it was something. I, I covered four games there that night. And all four of the games were a one-possession game in in the final 40 seconds of the game. I mean, you can't ask for much more when you go out to cover basketball than to get games like that. And, and they were tremendous games. Uh, Clifton Clyde's girls were undefeated. They were going against Hanover, who uh, was the defending league champion. Uh, Clifton Clyde's coach, uh, Karen Wirtz, had never beaten Hanover in his career. And they pull out a two-point win to win that game. And then you get the boys' game right after that. And Axtell's going up against top-seeded Clifton Clyde, which had really beaten them pretty good uh, earlier in the season. That was Axtell's only loss. Axtell wins it on a three-pointer at the buzzer by Eli Broxton, and I'm like, here we go. I mean, this is, you know, this is this is what you you come to these games for. And then, uh, you know, Centralia girls come from come from behind and and have a big finish and and beat Valley Heights, and then. Um, then the Centralia Hanover boys game, you know, just one of the great rivalries in small schools in the state and Hanover boys end up winning that game, uh, by five, but it, you know, like I said, it was a tight game right to the end. Hanover makes a couple plays late and then, uh, in your championships, uh, you know, they played those the next night. I, I went out to a few other tournaments, but, uh, the Centralia girls, uh, knock off Clifton Clyde, hand them their first loss. Owen Dieters has just a huge tournament. She scores 31 in the quarterfinals. And then in the semifinals, she scores her 1,000th career point. So uh, she lifts Centralia to the win. They, they beat Clifton Clyde, hand Clifton Clyde their first loss of the year. And on the boys' side, Axtell uh, goes back-to-back. -back. And that's that's a tough thing to do at that tournament. I wrote about it a little bit. Uh, first time since Hanover back in 2013 and 14 had gone where you'd had the, the same boys' champion in back-to-back -back seasons. So uh, Axtell boys are able to do that. They go back-to-back. And, uh, and they get their, their Twin Valley League championship. So I went there on Friday. On Thursday, I made a stop out of the TIT to go uh, go check out Highland Park and, and was very impressed with them. You know, they hadn't had a whole lot of games and really hadn't had a whole lot of competition. And they were going up in that first round against Lawrence, which that was the championship game last year. And Lawrence just has a tremendous player in Zaxton King. Uh, he had a monstrous seventh place game, uh, scored over 40 points in that one, I believe. But uh, uh, and Lawrence came out and, and punched uh, punched High Park in the mouth. They had a lead there in the first quarter, but Highland Park just kind of turned it on and really, uh, really turned on the Jets and won that one going away. Made it 
you know, made it past the semifinals before uh, before losing to Wichita Northwest in the championship game there. So, uh, you know, that'll be a game that Mike Williams will, will really like down the road. You know, last year Highland Park went undefeated all the way uh, into the state finals and, and then finally got some uh, – or state semifinals and finally got – a test and, and ended up losing in the final seconds to Andover. So, you know, getting something like that this early in the season will be good for that team. But they lost a lot of pieces from last year, but they've really got a lot of nice pieces back. And they're a team that definitely uh, can make a run and challenge uh, the likes of May South and Cape in, in Class 5A this year for sure. And then on Saturday, I did a double duty. I, I Well, actually, I did a triple duty. I started the day down in Wichita uh, going and watch my daughter play some volleyball. Got to watch her uh Got to watch her play their pool matches and had to miss out on them winning the championship down there. But uh, but I left Wichita to go up to Burlington, caught the finals there and watched uh, Silver Lake girls really really run past uh, Ottawa. It was uh, the final score was an 18 point game, 64 64 46. But uh, Silver Lake did it all in the first half. 15-0 run in the first half. They're up 42 to 18 at halftime and just kind of put it on cruise control after that and. The Eagle girls are uh, undefeated, ranked number one in class three, and look every bit the part. You know, they've been to the final four the last two years. Each of the last two years get knocked off by Goodland, which goes on to win the title both years. But uh, Silver Lake's got the pieces. They got a great guard in McKinley Kruger, who was the tournament MVP. Uh, great post in Mackenzie McDaniel. And then a lot of just really solid pieces around them. They had four girls getting double figures in the championship game with Kaylin Haney and Kaylee Dieter, uh, Dieter uh, both getting in the in the double figures in that title game. And uh, so Silver Lake's really looking good. You know, 3A is just a, a load. Every year, 3A is maybe the best classification overall in the state uh, in terms of just the depth of really good teams across the state. Uh, when you look at uh, Class 3A and Class 3A girls, their sub-state's no joke. You got Rossville, who's playing this weekend up at the Je- uh, Jefferson North Invitational, is probably the favorite to win that. You got Nemaha Central. They're over at the Wellsville tournament this week. You got Beloit which comes out of the tough NCAA league and, and beat Hoisington earlier this year. So that sub-state alone is just ridiculous. Oh, and St. Mary's, which was just a state tournament team in Class 2A last year, also in that sub-state. So uh, Silver Lake, you know, they, they'll, they'll have a tough sub-state, but boy, do they look uh, really sharp right now. And then the boys' title game uh, was Rock Creek against Sabetha. Sabetha won the title last year and looked like they were going to maybe handle it, handle Rock Creek, even with, a, uh, you know, a bunch of new faces for the Blue Jays this year. Uh, they had a had a 26-18 halftime lead, and, and we're just kind of wearing down Rock Creek. But then Coley Burgess just got hot in that second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, he hits four three-pointers in the fourth quarter. Rock Creek hits five threes overall in the quarter, and they go on to take the win and, and, and win the title for the first time in, in three years. You know, they had a stretch up at Burlington where they won four – four titles in five years. And then the last two years they've spent on the uh, consolation side of the bracket, taking seventh last year. Uh, so this year they come back and they win the, win the title under uh, under second year coach, Justin Smith, who was a heck of a player in his days at uh, Jackson Heights. So, and then I lay, leave the championship game there and hustle down to Emporia to catch the finals of the Flint Hills shootout. And uh, fortunately those are long days. And so about the time I'm rolling into town, they, the 6 p.m. game starts at about 7-something. And so uh, catch the girls game there. And Osage City girls uh, back up their regular season Flint Hills League title with uh, with the win in the in the championship game against Linden, which had been making his first appearance in that title game uh, in their program history. Uh, it was a pretty tough game early. I, I got there, and about 
five minutes into the first quarter was still two to nothing. So it was a little slow getting going, but uh, Peyton Pitts comes out, hits a couple three-pointers to kind of get Osage City going. And, and they really, uh, really do the job from three-point range. Uh, Linden really packed it in on, on Osage City's 6-1 center, Campbell Stark. But uh, the outside shooting really, uh, really bailed out Osage City in that one, and they win their title there. Uh, first time for them since 2011 winning that tournament. They had won three straight to kind of start that little shootout off, and then hadn't uh, hadn't won again until uh, until this year. And then on the boys' side, you know, Linden was a team we talked about ex- extensively during the football season and the and the great year they had, winning their first ever state title. Well, all those guys play basketball too, and they're just as good at basketball as they are in football. Uh, Tanner Heckel, one of the freak athletes in the state, uh, you know, he's a guy that no matter the season, he's he's one of the best in in whatever he's doing. Uh, Caden Massey, the foot, the Kansas State football signee, you know, he's the big guy in the middle there at six eight. Jalen Massey's the point guard. Uh, just a lot of good, solid players. Daxon Miller, Caston Worth, all these familiar names from the football season, and they just they just uh, destroyed Osage City in that title game. It was thirty to ten. Uh, at one point uh, at halftime of the game, and they go on to win really handily, 59 to 30, uh, 36. So uh, Linden wins its third straight Flint Hills, uh, Flint Hills shootout title, and uh, and that put a put an end to the late uh, late night and a long week uh, catching that one. I think I left Emporia about 11 o'clock or so uh, that night to head back. But uh, a lot of other uh, you know really solid championship showings from. Uh, from my area, when you look at uh, who, who captured titles, um, Chapman's boys, a, a great story. They go in the uh, Royal Valley Panther Classics, which is a round robin with Royal Valley, Santa Fe Trail, Chapman, and Wabunsee. But, you know, Chapman was a team that uh, was winless a couple years ago, four wins uh, last year. And now this year they, they go and they win their win their tournament uh, with a 3-0 record and, and – uh, and just really has had a nice turnaround season this year. They've uh, they're they're already you know almost double what their win total was a year ago. And so Chapman boys get a really nice uh, really nice performance. They set the set the tournament scoring record for points in three games with 213 points. And and uh, Keelan Groover averages 22 points a game uh, at that tournament to lead uh, to lead Chapman. And then uh, you know the. The Mid-East League has a really, really strong weekend. In addition to Rock Creek winning down in Burlington, St. Mary's wins the title up at the Nemaha Thunder Classic. And then Rossville wins the title over at Oskaloosa. So that's three teams uh, from the uh, from the Mid-East League that, uh, that take titles at their tournaments. Uh, Ellsworth wins over at Hoisington. Uh, Elyria Christian, boys and girls sweep down at the, down at the Center Cougar Classic. Um, you know, the Center Girl, or the Elyria Christian girls, Started the season 0-4. Now they've won seven of their last eight and kind of hit their stride. Uh, Looking at some of my other champions, uh, Bishop Ward boys win the McLeod Invitational for the second straight year. Wellsville takes the title at the Baldwin Tournament, which was a pretty good tournament. Uh, Nobody nobody went undefeated in that tournament. There was uh, two two two-and-one teams and two one-and-two teams, and so uh, they kind of just went off head-to-head, and Wellsville gets the win uh, after beating Baldwin to to get that head to head nod over Baldwin, but uh, Bishop Seabury was there and really uh, really played well in that tournament. And then Iola wins its own tournament down at the War on Fifty Four uh, on the girls' side of that one. Anderson County takes the title there. Um, other Riverside girls they win they win the title girls' title at McLeod. Taylor Weiser just has a monster tournament. Had a forty seven point game in that tournament. 
and broke the tournament scoring record with uh, with her performance. Uh, Minneapolis girls having a really, really good season. They go out and win the Hoisington uh, Winter Jam title. Uh, Ellsworth boys got the boys title there. Their first Minneapolis girls really run past uh, Hoisington girls in that championship game there to take that title. And then Prairie View girls and, and Santa Fe Trail girls out of the uh, out of the um, Pioneer League, Anderson County too. Three three girls teams out of the Pioneer League win titles with Anderson County winning at Iola, Prairie View winning down in Uniontown, and Santa Fe Trail winning the girls side of that Royal Valley Panther Classic. So that was a uh, I had. Scott had a lot of champions. I had a lot, too. I think I had 20 combined boys and girls champions coming from my area this past week. Uh, so there was a lot to cover. Uh, you got We have stories on the boys and girls side uh, on Keisha covered from all our all our areas, areas. And then, you know, Ricky had, had some good champions out there in, in western Kansas, and Mac had some over on the east side as well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't have near as many as you guys, but still some still some notable performances. Uh, starting on the girls' side, uh, you know, Wichita County, uh, they've been a really cool storyline this year. Obviously, had a great year last year, and this year, um, just really rolling along. Uh, they won the High Plains League title um, convincingly against Lake in sixty-nine fifty-three. Uh, First High Plains League title for them since uh, 1995. So really, I know Coach Bryce Nicholson was really excited for the community. They were, they were, you know, it was a really good achievement for them. Uh, you know, they they have a really good uh, uh, group of sisters there. Three sisters, uh, the Rick sisters, have really carried them. Uh, Megan, Ashlyn, and, and Brianne, and they had, they all had solid tournaments. Um, you know, they, and they just got really good balance. They put four and double figures in, in the lake in, in the lake in game, um, outscored, they've outscored opponents six, 645 to 363 on the season. So, um, you know, I've, I've thought since the beginning of the year that they could be a, a team to watch and, and kind of a dark horse team and, and two a, and, um, you know, what they did, what they did in the league tournament did nothing to change that. Um, so, uh, really, really cool accomplished their accomplishment there for Wichita County. And then, um, Hoxie, uh, kind of the same deal. They're just, they're just kind of rolling along right now. Um, they've been a really, Hoxie's been a really good addition to the MCL since they joined the league in 2020. And, uh, that was the first time for the girls, uh, for the girls team to win an MCL title. And, uh, uh, you know, went up against a really solid Norton team in, in the final and pulled out a 57-47 win. Uh, you know, Josie Kennedy's been a really, really fun player to watch, and she had a really big tournament, uh, averaged 22 points in the tournament, uh, put up a career-high 29 against TMP. And then uh, inside, Kinley Rogers is really important for them as well, and she had a double-double, averaged a double-double and, and grabbed 17 rebounds in the TMP win. So, um, you know, Hox, like Wichita County, Hoxie's a team that I really think can make some noise in, in 2A. And, and um, you know, they're, they're at the mid, they things are looking pretty good for them at the midseason point of the, uh, of the season. Um, uh, what, uh, going on down to Wallace County, um, they won their first Northwest Kansas League tourney title. Um, they beat Quinter 44-31. In the championship game, um, Aubrey Richardson had a 13 points and grabbed 13 rebounds in the final. Uh, they they moved to 10 and two and had a, had a nice season. Uh, Jersey Benish is also a really solid player for them, so uh, a good accomplishment for them. And then uh, 
one of the more impressive feats, I think, was in the St. John's Midwinter Classic. Uh, St. John kind of got a rough deal in the first game of that tournament. One of their standout players, Mia Meyer, uh, went down with an ankle injury, and they were already a little little shorthanded because one of their best reserves was also out for the tournament. So, um, you know, didn't really know what to expect from them in the semifinals and finals. Uh, semifinals, they got a, a big win against Central Plains, 43-23. Uh, Lydia Reed led them with 18 points in that game. And then uh, and then uh, a good then they faced a good Sunrise Christian Academy team in the final. Uh, you know, they got down 13 points, I believe, in the third quarter and found a way to come back and win that win that game by by four and uh you know Heidi Fisher was the tournament M- MVP and uh they just got they just got a really good group there with uh with uh her and Reagan Bonner and and Gentry Bright and Lydia Reed so uh you know I know coach Danny Smith was just was just happy with how they preserved and was able and were able to get that tournament win um, you know, on the boys' side, I went out to the MCL uh, tournament final against uh, Phillipsburg and Norton. Uh, you know, really, really entertaining into that game. Uh, Phillipsburg got up by 18 points in the third quarter, and you kind of knew Norton's had a really good season, so you kind of knew that they would make a run at some point, and they just got really hot from the perimeter, and uh, they had one kid, Ryland Murray, hit six three-pointers in the second half. They got it all the way down to one. Um, they were down by two in the closing seconds and then missed a three-pointer but at the buzzer. But a really impressive win for Phillipsburg. Uh, the MCL, I mean, it's, they, I, don't, I wouldn't say they have a real, real dominant team in that league, but I think everybody's just close together, which makes it, which makes it pretty fun basketball. And it was, a, it was a fun tournament final. I know uh, Phillipsburg traditionally they've been you know really strong in the mcl that was their 12th time winning it and that was a really exciting moment for them to be uh you know norton had only had one loss coming into that game and it was against a good 3a uh goodland team and uh so for phillipsburg to be able to you know fight off that big rally um it was a you know really good confidence boost for them and we'll see if they can kind of carry that into the into the second half of the season but um hitting on some other boys tournaments uh Scott, uh, Scott saw Holcomb uh, in the Hillsborough Tro- Trojan Classic, and um, that was a really good win for them, um, beating uh, three-time reigning Class 3A champion Heston. Um, Brody Dennison had a big fourth quarter for them, um, scoring 12 of his 18 points in the fourth quarter, and uh, they were able to pull out a 42-38 win over Heston. So I know uh coach Chad Novak was real was real happy with uh you know how they were able to finish that game because they had they had some games that they kind of let slipped away or slip away earlier on the season. Uh, and then uh on the boys side of the Lake of the High Plains tourney, Lakin was able to get a 70-62 win over Sublette. Um really a really a dominating performance for them all the way uh, the final was only eight points, but they were in pretty looked like they were in pretty much control the whole way. Um, outscored opponents 236 to 120 over the three games, so a, a nice one for Lakin. And then uh, Dighton's been Dighton's been a team to watch in 1A Division Two. They they stayed unbeaten at 11 and 0, and they won the Northwest Kansas League tournament title. Uh, beat Quinter 44-32 in the final. 
Carson Scheimers that had a really, really good year for them. He averaged 21.6 points for the tournament, and Daniel Kramer as well has been solid. He put up 13, a little over 13 points. So uh, I think, uh, yeah, I think they're Dighton. I think really think Dighton's is a strong contender in 1A Division Two. But uh, Mac, I'll let you jump in and talk about the teams from your area. Yeah, for mine, um, a decent number of, of boys tournament winners and just a handful of, of girls. But uh, starting with the, the boys teams, and I it's kind of split into uh, two different uh, types. You either have the undefeated teams that kept the train rolling, uh, or you had a handful of teams that, uh, you know, had uh, middling records. Uh, you know, one team that was actually under 500 going in and, and uh, ends up, uh, you know, going out to, to, to clinch that championship and, and build some momentum as they're going into the, the, the later half of the season. So uh, uh, of those, starting with, uh, you know, uh, most of the undefeateds and, and, and where they're at, Atchison was a big one out at the Tonganoxie uh, Invitational, uh, getting wins over Christ Prep, Romigo, and, and Metro Academy, and uh, end up moving out to 9-0, to which, you know, they were planning to have some big games early on to start this new year. They were going to face uh, two of the top teams in their league in, in, in the Meadowlark uh, with uh, Casey Washington in, in Highland Park, and the snow games end up taking those away. So, you know, they were just kind of chomping at the bit to get out there and, and uh, be able to, to face these uh, you know, competition uh, at all, face anybody, but also face some good teams and, and get rolling. And, uh, you know, they had some strong performances, but uh, I think the big thing for them was uh, in the championship game, uh, a 13-point third-quarter lead ends up uh, getting just kind of uh, completely erased by Metro Academy, but uh, Atchison still able to uh, kind of regain their poise and, and end up pulling out a six-point victory to win the championship. And uh, they end up having Jeter Purdy winning the, the MVP for the, the tournament. And uh, he did most of his work in the uh, first two games, uh, leading the team in scoring with 23 and 17. But uh, as you've seen, uh, you know, with this team, they're, they're, they're really loaded. They have a lot of uh, talented players who can take over the game at any time and one of those uh Ziomar uh Hernandez uh ends up scoring uh 24 to lead the team in the final Trey Carter ends up getting uh 20 for him uh and so really at any time you know if, if you can find a way to slow down Jeter Purdy uh you know it's not just Hernandez and and, and Carter I mean uh you know Trey Carter's brother uh can end up scoring points for them and they, they really can go about eight deep. So uh, a really talented team and, and, and one that, yeah, even when uh, things might, uh, you know, pressure put on at the end, they're still able to, to deliver there. And uh, looking at uh, maybe, uh, you know, the most impressive uh, might end up being Shawnee Mission Northwest. It's uh, I think uh, double check the standings. But I think they're the only six, uh, a, uh, boys team in the east uh, that's still undefeated uh 12 and 0 they end up winning the uh North Kansas City Invitational and they beat the host uh North Kansas City in the in the final and uh that's one where uh, another team that may maybe even deeper than what I just mentioned for Atchison uh but you know the top names with uh Ethan Taylor ends up winning the the tournament MVP and you know I made a joke on the the last podcast that uh, you know, I'd have to get out the tape measure to see if he was seven foot like is listed online. And 
I still don't know. I never really know, but uh, he definitely has a seven footer game and, and uh, you know, I, I didn't get to see him out there at the uh, North Kansas city invitation. We're watching him in, uh, against Shawnee mission East uh, the week before and getting that victory. Uh, you can just see that Ethan Taylor is, he changes the gravity of the basketball game, particularly on defense uh, and, and, Teams just have to figure out how do we find a way to score when we know uh, that going into the paint is uh, it's it, it not a good idea. It is a, a scary proposition to think you're going to take on Ethan Taylor down low. Uh, so, I mean, that's kind of the core of Shawnee Mission Northwest. But then again, with all the, the players, with Keaton Wagler uh, as somebody that, uh, you know, can just really light up the scoreboard uh, with his, his perimeter game. Uh, and then you add in uh, Van Collins, and this one actually ends up leading the team in scoring uh, in each of the games. Uh, and, it you know, to show you how uh, kind of much they, they rely on that depth and, and, and uh, each player kind of doing their part, he led them, but it was 16 points in the first one, 14 in the second one, and then 15 in the championship game. Uh, and Keaton Wagler uh, tied him with 15 in, in that one, also having 10 rebounds and four assists. Uh, they, you know, uh, Taylor double-double in the first two games. Uh, a, a bunch of blocks, I think three in the championship. Uh, you those guys, they all take on an equal share, and that's why it's so hard to, to, to stop them and to beat them because uh, any one of those guys can step up and, and, and be the, the leader for the team any given night. So they had a really great performance there. And uh, going down the, the list, uh, I think... I think those were, I'm going to save one of the undefeateds for the very end as I transition to talking about the girls winners, but uh, going to the ones that uh, had a little bit more middling records, but, uh, you know, uh, really turned it on here of late. Uh, We'll start with Shawnee Mission South, which is less of a middling record. They're nine and two, but uh, have gone on a seven game win streak after starting the year one and two. So, uh, or two and two. So uh, they end up going out to the Ralph Miller Classic in Chanute. They end up getting the victory, beat Chanute host team in the opening round before beating Piper and Andover Central to, to win the title there. And uh, they're playing uh, really well, but this is the first time they've won a midseason tournament since 2014. So uh, they're really excited uh, about going out there and getting the, the job done in Southeast Kansas. And uh, you know, they had four players uh, make the all tournament team. So another one where uh, they're really relying on a, a bunch of guys to, to get the job done. But uh, in the final against Andover Central, uh, it ends up being uh, Brody Featherston, who was one of the ones to make the all tournament team with 12 points. And then uh, Connor Kerrigan had 12 points and six rebounds. Uh, he just stepped up, uh, you know, particularly in that one, but also had a really good game. Uh, in the uh, semifinal against Piper, but he d- he's not even one of those uh, all-tournament team names. Uh, Drake DeBond, Max McKenna, uh, and, and Jaden Sauter, uh, they end up uh, making that. And, and again, a, a team that is really playing strong. And, uh, you know, at this point with, with uh, their record, uh, you know, a, a team that can, uh, you know, uh, really uh, put it together and should be able to make a, a pretty good run here late in the year. Um, 
Another one on the list, uh, Olathe North. They're eight and three after uh, winning the Colby Orange and Black Classic, and uh, you know that's one where uh, just looking at the the players on their team and 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 uh, you know seeing guys that I know, uh, whether it's uh, it's Watson or uh, like they they have uh, T.J. Porter. Uh, is really good. Aiden Bruce. It's pretty much just all the names of, of uh, uh, Cam Love, play, players that did really good during the football season and also show up when they, they get to the uh, you know, basketball season. And, and Jalen Watson ended up being the MVP of the tournament. And this is second year in a row. Uh, not only that, uh, you know, Elizabeth uh, North wins, but that, that he wins that MVP. Um, and so – uh, really great performance from him, but uh, then uh, you know, just the guys they go up against and they they beat uh, Pine Creek, a Colorado team, uh, in the first round, but then beat Goodland and 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 Beloit, and uh, you know those are really good teams that also you know not gonna get to play them all that often, so uh, just getting to see them match up against them and kind of have that sort of change of pace, but still be able to get the job done, uh, pretty. Pretty exciting to see that. And then I think one of the cooler stories is looking at Blue Valley North out of the Shawnee Mission West Invitational. And they've had a pretty strong track record in that tournament uh, for the over the last five years. But uh, also they entered that one uh, with a four and five record, uh, which is much different than when they won it last year uh, with an undefeated record. And they were going up against uh, Olathe West, which I can't remember if they were undefeated also or if they were like a one loss team. But that one was a, a big game. So uh, Blue Valley North, a little bit different energy this year, but they still find a way to get the job done and end up winning that China Mission West Invitational for the fourth time in the last five years uh and and just trying to get that season back on track because they they have enough uh of the players uh from from last year where they had such a great season and 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 guys like uh Jaron Lashley and 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 Will Davis and and uh Greg Ballard uh you know leading the way as as seniors uh, this year, or uh, all but Will Davis is a freshman who's jumped in to, to uh, be a, a strong player for them. And, and as he's starting to get his game together and, and finding that chemistry with the, with this senior class, uh, they're starting to, to really find it. But Greg Ballard ends up uh, leading the way uh, in the uh, against Olathe West in a 58 to 43 victory. He scores uh, 24 points and, and nails six three-pointers uh, while Jaron Lashley was uh, one rebound shy of a double-double. Uh, they're a team that is starting to put it together, so keep an eye on them, even though they had a, a, a losing record heading into to this one. And then uh, just a, as a quick rundown, Olathe South is another uh, really good team, 8-3 and three right now, won the Spring Hill Invitational. Uh, and, and Nick Anderson, uh, out there, if you haven't seen him play, uh, just has a, a really great game and, and another talented perimeter player that, uh, ends up scoring, uh, I think 19 in the, the semifinal against Blue Valley Southwest, 14 in the final, and it ends up being, uh, Matt Corrales who has to, to lead the way. And it, he ends up leading the, uh, leading scorer in all three games, uh, 20 in the opener and 22 against Blue Valley Southwest before scoring 19 against uh, Junction City to get the job done there. So uh, really talented group. And and, and then uh, Riverton, 7-3 and three right now. Uh, they end up winning the uh, 
uh, Lancer Classic, and that one's interesting because they trailed at half in the final two games, uh, but end up being able to to make the comebacks and get the job done to to beat College Heights and then beat Parsons in the in the final. Uh, they're being led by Kale Forbes and and Tariq Richardson, and they're having uh, phenomenal years uh, right now. And uh, the the undefeated team that I left for the end is one that uh, St. Mary's Colgan. Uh, ends up winning uh, the Tony DeBray uh, Classic out in Liberal, Missouri. Um, and, you know, they had a really great tournament. Uh, Jack Schremer uh, ends up leading the way. Uh, he ends up scoring 23 points in the final uh, when they beat Galena 71-41. to 41. And they end up getting some blowout victories all the way through. Uh, he scored 20 points in the uh, semifinal uh, where they beat Liberal 60-35. to 35. Uh, And then even a bigger blowout in the first game, a 66-16 win uh, over uh, Thomas Jefferson Independent. So uh, they, they really ran away with it. Jack Schremer gets the MVP for the tournament. Really great. And the reason I left him at the end is because as I transitioned to talk uh, about the, the girls teams that, that won, a uh, pretty big one on the list is the St. Mary's Colgan uh, girls team that also dominated uh, the, the Tony DeBray uh, Invitational. But Maybe even more so. Uh, it seems like every year uh, when I write about them uh, for these uh, midseason tournaments, uh, and you see Tony DeBray Classic, and 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 you know we have that fun line in the email that we send to coaches, and we're asking any tournament records broken. You don't expect that one to have too many answers on there. And every time I get uh, Abby Farabay, the coach, sending the email back, that ends up being the longest list I've ever seen on that line. It's longer than the rest of the information that she sends. Uh, this year, they end up once again breaking the tournament record for most points scored by a team. Lily Brown breaks the record for the most points uh, by a player through a tournament, 106 points over three games, scored nearly half of the team's 229 points. Uh, she set the tourney single game record for field goals with 24, most field goals in a tournament with 47 uh sophomore point guard Jaquela Davis uh she joined Brown on the all tournament team because Brown was obviously the tournament MVP and uh Davis broke the single game tourney record with nine three-pointers uh during a 34 point outing against Galena so uh you know they just came in and absolutely dominated three games with an average margin of victory of 51 points uh, even the, the closest game was the final against uh, host liberal. It was a 55 to 28 blowout victory. And uh, that was one where uh, uh, coach Farabay said basically uh, that they got in foul trouble early. So the game might've been an even bigger blowout, but uh, they had to kind of make do with what they had there. And, and, you know, the uh, team every year, they have a really great record at this time. And, you know, the, the questions always, you know, what they can do in the, in the postseason, what they can do uh, at state. But, man, uh, particularly seeing this year after the graduation of Lauren Torrance and still seeing that, yeah, Lily Brown there and and definitely with uh, Ja'Kayla Davis continuing to, to get better uh, all the time as, as a sophomore point guard, uh, they are still of the caliber that they were at last year and uh, they look like they're going to be pretty good uh, for, for years to come as well. So, uh, really good performance there by Colgan. And then 
uh, Bishop Miege ends up taking down a trio of Missouri schools to win the uh, Pete Hill uh, tournament out at Truman High School in Independence, Missouri. And, uh, you know, another one where the Miege really just kind of dominated uh, pretty much every game and, and, and uh, had double digit victories uh, all the way through, including a 69 to 28 win over Lee Summit West in the, the championship. And uh, sophomore guard Mary Grant led the team in scoring during the tournament. She averaged about 20 points a game and uh, had 26 in that championship. But obviously, uh, same story that we've seen, uh, especially over the last uh, couple of years, Kirsten Verholst. Uh, with you know double digit performance and points and and a lot of steals uh same thing with grace mccallop uh and then you add in her younger sister faith uh they they're loaded and and uh all of those girls uh you know just really laid it on in that one and, and came away with a pretty impressive uh three set three games there uh for that one and then uh, the last one for the the girls is is Parsons uh, ends up uh, uh, needing to hold off Neo Deshay uh, to to win the second straight Lancer Classic title. Um, they uh, got a forty nine to forty two victory in that championship game there out in at Southeast uh, Cherokee and uh, senior uh, Sydney uh, Shebe uh, scored a game high twenty eight points in the final. Uh, she ends up getting all tournament honors alongside Ashka Patel. Uh, and, you know, uh, they started that one and it really, you know, blew the doors off against Baxter Springs 66 17 in the opener and then uh, needed a pretty, uh, you know, it, it was uh, tighter than even the score suggests with a 55 to 48 win over Riverton. So a little bit closer in the last two, but they end up getting those victories and moved to 8 and 3 uh, on the season. And, and uh, I think. They're supposed to uh, think uh, tomorrow hosts Chanute. Uh, so that one should be a, a really big game uh, there. Uh, excited for that one. But those are all the champions from, from my area. So a busy week of basketball last week. I'm going to I'm gonna bite the bullet here, and I'm going to name off every single champion that we had at, at the tournaments across the state. So I'll go down here real quick. Uh, well, it won't be quick because it'll be a lot, but uh, – Let's go ahead and start here at the 54 Classic, which was held uh, at Pratt Skyline. Medicine Lodge boys beat Cunningham in the championship game 66-34. to At the Adolph Rupp Invitational in Halstead, Cheney wins overtime over Andale 73-67. to That's the boys' tournament. Uh, the Baldwin Invitational, I said, uh, you know, Wellsville goes 2-1, and beats Baldwin in that one, 62-55 in overtime, and they win the title there. At the at the El Dorado tournament, Cape and Mount Carmel boys beat Goddard seventy-one to fifty-two in the title game there. The Burlington Invitational, uh, Rock Creek boys beat Sabetha fifty-seven forty-eight for the championship. Silver Lake girls beat Ottawa sixty-four forty-six for the title. The Burton Invitational, Breen Academy boys beat Inman forty-three twenty-nine for the title. Canton Galva, Scott talked about this. El Saline boys beat Moundridge sixty-two fifty-seven for the title. The Center Cougar Classic, Elyria Christian sweeps that, uh, beating Marion in both title games. Uh, the boys 56-48 over Marion, the girls 50-48 over Marion. At the Chaparral Roadrunner Classic, you have Circle Boys winning 68-52 to take the title there. The Colby 
Orange and Black Classic. You got Olathe North Boys winning 67-49 over Beloit and Wellington Girls beating Beloit in the title game 53-37. Dodge City Tournament Champions, Wichita Heights beats Manhattan 65-44 in the championship game. Flint Hill Shootout, uh, Linden Boys 59-37 over Osage City and Osage City Girls 47-29 over Linden. The Frontenac, four-state classic, two out-of-state schools win that tournament. Uh, in fact, it was all out-of-state teams in the championship games. Piedmont and Bartlesville are your champions down there. The Hillsborough Trojan Classic, Holcomb Boys beat Heston 42-38 in the finals. Hillsborough Girls beat Heston 45-30 in the finals. The High Plains League Tournament, Lakin Boys 70-62 over Sublette in the championship game. Wichita County Girls 69-53 over Lakin in the title game. Hoisington Winter Jam, Ellsworth Boys beat Pratt 43-27 in the finals. Minneapolis Girls beat Hoisington 62-38. At the Iola War on 24, Iola Boys beat Anderson County 63-49 in the finals. Anderson County Girls win 49-35 in their championship game. The Kenny Holt Memorial Classic down in Uniontown. In the boys' title game, Erie beats Osawatomie 55-42. Prairie View girls beat Fredonia 42-39. The Lewisburg Invitational was held, and Northeast Kansas boys take first there. The championship for the girls' game to be determined. Chanute and Gerard plus play for the finals in there. Weather postponed that. They'll get together sometime in southeast Kansas and, and get that one taken care of. At the McLeod Invitational, Bishop Ward boys beat Horton 58-36 in the finals. Riverside girls beat undefeated Mar Hill 54-42 in the finals. McPherson Invitational, McPherson boys beat Hutchinson 78-42. The Mid-Continent League Tournament, Phillipsburg boys 54-52 over Norton. Hoxie girls 54-47 over Norton as well. Uh, The Nemaha Central Thunder Classic, St. Mary's boys beat... Nemaha Central 61-52 in the championship game. The Northern Plains League Tournament canceled. They uh, It's a huge tournament, a lot of schools there, and the weather just wreaked havoc there, and they couldn't figure out a way to make it work, so that tournament ends up getting canceled. Uh, the North Kansas City Invitational, uh, Mac talked about this, Shawnee Mission Northwest boys 63-48 over North Kansas City in that one. The the Northwest Kansas League Tournament in the boys' championship game, it was Dighton 44, Quinter 32, and in the girls' title game, it was uh, Sharon Springs, Wallace County 44, Quinter 31. Go back up to the Oskaloosa Boys Invitational. Rossville Boys beat Perry LeCompton 57-37 in the title game. Uh, The Bill Hanson Memorial Tournament down in Pittsburgh, couple out-of-state schools win, but Blue Valley Northwest boys and girls both take second. Uh, Blue Valley Northwest boys lose to Owasso, Oklahoma, which is, is a great, great team. Uh, they got a big-time Division One prospect down there. Uh, they lose that one 52-41. to And then the girls' title game, Kickapoo, Missouri, out of Springfield, beats Blue Valley Northwest 44-39. to at, uh, at the Ralph Miller Classic in – Chanute, excuse me, Shawnee Mission South boys go 3-0, win the championship down there. The Royal Valley Panther Classic, Chapman boys go 3-0, Santa Fe Trail girls go 3-0 to win those titles. At the Salina Invitational Tournament, Andover gets the sweep. The boys winning 60-48 over Wichita South in the title game, and the girls beating Great Men 55-37. The Shawnee Mission West Invitational, you have 
Blue Valley North taking the title game 82-64 to over a good Shawnee Heights team that's really had a nice season this year. Uh, South Central Border League Tournament, uh, Central Burden Boys win that one 62-51 over Oxford. Uh, South Haven Girls win 42-30 to over Flint Hills. Both of those champions beating the top seeds at those tournaments down there. Uh, the Southeast Lancer Classic, Mac talked about this. The Riverton Boys win that one 70-50 over Parsons. And in the girls' tournament, it was, uh, I'm sorry, it was uh, Parsons beating the Odisha 68 to 41. Spring Hill Invitational, Olathe South beats Junction City 64 55 in the championship game. St. John Midwinter Classic, Sunrise Christian Boys beat Nickerson 87 37 in the finals. St. John Girls beat Sunrise Christian 63 to 59 in the finals. Sterling Invitational, you have Sterling Boys winning 53-52 over Hugoton. Hugoton last year's Class 4A state champion, so a nice win for 2A Sterling there. Smoky Valley Girls win that title, 46-32 in the girls' side. Tonganoxie Invitational, Atchison Boys 65-39 over Metro Academy in the finals. St. James Academy Girls 58-33. St. James will turn around and play in a tournament again this week. I believe they're down at the McPherson Invitational, so... St. James double-dipping on their, hoping to get two titles uh, this year. Mac wrote about them a little bit in his girls' roundup uh, of those of last week's tournaments. Uh, the Tony DeBry Classic, Pittsburgh-St. mary's Colgan sweep, 71-41 over Glean on the boys' championship, and 55-28 over Liberal Missouri on the girls' side. The Topeka Invitational, Wichita Northwest beats Highland Park 64-61. Uh, Twin Valley League Tournament, Axel Boys 48-34 over Hanover in the title game. Centralia Girls 58-56 over, over Clifton Clyde in the championship game. And then the Valley Center January Jam, it's May South 55, Blue Valley West 43 in the championship game. That covers all of last week's tournaments uh, that were held across the state. Uh, hey, Brent, sorry, I, I hate to mention this, Classic. but I'm, I'm going to cut that whole thing. Uh, I was only going to keep it if you did it as Billy Joel doing uh, We Didn't Start the Fire. <laughs> uh, and without that, I'm not sure this makes the pod. I mean, that's just crazy. <laughs> well, okay, I'll go back and do it again. <laughs> Find the rhythm. I want to do the re- I'm going to do the remake, though. All right. <laughs> Michael Jordan, 23. Here we go. Now, um, I'm sorry. I did miss one tournament. It was the Camo Classic out of Blue Valley North. Uh, Staley girls beat Blue Valley North in the championship game of that one. Hand Blue Valley North their first loss of the season. But some consolation for Ann Fritz in, in that game. Um, at, coming out of that game uh, earlier this week, uh, Ann was named as the head coach for the McDonald's All-American uh, game to be held later this summer. She's going to be a head coach of one of the teams there. So what a great honor for Ann Fritz, one of the best to do it in our in our state, uh, particularly on the girls' basketball side of things. Uh, numerous state titles, got another one last year, and she's just been just a rock of a coach, a uh, great player in her day back at Shawnee Mission East, and a, and a great uh, a great coach at Blue Valley North has really built that program into a powerhouse. So they get knocked off by Staley in the finals of their tournament, but Ann gets a great honor in being named the head coach for one of the McDonald's High School All-American teams. So congratulations to Ann on that honor. And then looking ahead to some tournaments this week, a much lighter schedule, but guys, are there any that, that really jump out at you as, hey, this is a – the finals of this tournament are really something that that potentially uh, potentially be worth uh, worth catching. Yeah, I see a couple of the big classes, and then McPherson. We, we talked about them hosting a, a great boys tournament. 
this year, a great girl. I mean, they always host a, a really good girls tournament, but the it's a good field again this year um, up at the Mid-America Classic. I'm going to run up there and catch a round of that uh, here this weekend. And uh, the, the teams that, that are there, the Manhattan team that was ro- really rolling along and had, had a kind of a rough stretch last week with road losses at Emporia and Blue Valley. So they'll kind of be looking to get back on, on track. And they opened the tournament against, against Shawnee Mission East. And then uh, you've got Olathe South, the fifth-ranked team in Class 6A, uh, they open with Andover Central, with Central's not having the typical Andover Central season uh, for Stana Jefferson, but that's that's not a program that uh, is an easy out on any any day of the week. So that'll be a good quarterfinal. Uh, you've also got six A number one Shawnee Mission South will be there, and and uh, they'll open against Wichita Northwest, and and uh, a potential semifinal matchup with the third ranked team in four A, the host McPherson Bullpups. Uh, who play a Clearwater team that's got got a lot of talent and has kind of been up and down this year, but that should be a real nice uh, first-round game on Thursday night. So uh, a great field in the Mid-America Classic. And I really like what's uh, what's happening up there in Topeka for you, Brent, uh, the Capital City Classic. I, uh, Wichita Heights and Wichita South have, been, have proven to be two pretty good teams down here in the City League. Um, you know, Wichita Heights is certainly, a, I think, a contender in the, in the state uh, – uh, in the state picture, and they'll be coming up. Uh, they, I saw them play Wichita South earlier this season, and Wichita South has has some really good guards. Uh, that's a that's a good team, and and you throw them in there with Seaman and Washburn Rural in that field, and I think I think that that has the potential to be a really good uh, uh, Capital City Classic, and and then down my way, uh, the Haven Wildcat Classic uh, this weekend. Um, you know, I, I think you're, you're guaranteed to have two really good teams in the finals. I think the top five. Uh, or the top six seeds are all 500 or better. Um, Cheney comes in as the number one seed in that tournament. Uh, you've got Halstead and Circle in the mix too. That you know neither one of them has very many losses. So I think uh, whatever plays out uh, on Saturday has a has a lot of potential there at Haven as well. Yeah, definitely the Cap City Classic is is something that I'll be uh, keeping tabs of. I think those semifinals will be really good, and I think the the championship night, uh, whoever makes it out to the to the title game there. Will be really good, and uh, I'm, I'm planning on being out there for the finals. I think I'm going to do kind of like what I did with the Tuindo Valley League, but this this week with the Lyon County League. I think I'm going to go down and catch the semifinals down there. Uh, you know, semifinal night is always a fun night down at Lyon County League. It's a late night with the last game starting at 8:30 p.m. But you got Opie, uh, Opie's the number one seed on both sides down there. Lebo's the number two seed. Uh, they've got both their teams in the semifinals. Madison has both their teams in the semifinals. And then Meredithine Valley girls and Burlingame boys are also in the semifinals down there. So I'll go catch that tournament. Uh, you know, it's that the boys tournament is the longest running high school tournament west of the Mississippi uh, for boys basketball in, in the country. It's uh, It's been going on for forever. Uh, I believe it's the 103rd year. I'm trying to double check that. Uh, you know, so longer than I think state tournaments have been being held in this state. Almost, almost. Not quite, but uh, basically when they started the state tournament, the Lion County League said, hey, we'll just go ahead and start our our uh, our tournament as well. And so they've, uh, you know, they've, that, that tournament's going on. I always love going down and seeing it. Yeah, it is the 103rd year of the, of the boys, of, on the boys' side at least. And so um, I usually I'd make it down for the finals, but I thought I'd switch it up a little bit this year and, and go down and watch semifinal night and then try to catch the finals of the, uh, of the tournament, the Cap City Classic out of Seaman, and then maybe jump up to the Jefferson North Invitational where Rothville uh, is looking really good this year. And, and, uh, and is in a, up there, they're in the semifinals against Perry LeCompte, Jefferson North, Attorney Host, and NEK Nighthawks 
uh, solid program, uh, homeschool program as well. And so uh, those are some of the top ones uh, from my area. Mac, I know St. James is going for another title. Uh, they're down at Newton, actually. I thought they maybe were at McPherson, but it looks like they're down at Newton. Um, you know, they're number two seed down there. You got Shawnee Mission Northwest, Bishop Carroll also in that field. And then, Ricky, you've got the SPIAA tournament uh, going on. That's always a good tournament out there. Yeah, when you talk about tournaments that are really well run, that that one for me is always at the top of the list. Uh, you know, they send out box scores after each game, which is which is great for re- reporters. But uh, I think that I think both those championship games um, will be really 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 good games. Uh, South Gray's probably the favorites on both sides, I'd say right now. But both but uh, you know that's just a really quality tournament on the girls' side. Uh, you know, South Gray's one seed, Spearville two, Buckland, who had a great year last year, is three, Hodgman County's four. All those teams are really solid teams. And then on uh, boys' side, uh, you know, South Gray under Mark Applegate still undefeated. And I think, you know, like I said, they're probably the favorite in that tournament. But uh, <clears throat> uh, South Central had a really good year last year, and they're the two seed, Meade, Hodgman County. So yeah, I'm uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that one. Uh, United Wireless Arena and, and Dodge. I, lo- I love watching games there, so that'll be an exciting atmosphere. All right, well that should wrap up all our basketball. Uh, didn't have, really have time to get to some wrestling and swimming and uh, and uh, bowling this week. Uh, do want to give a shout out to the Andover Central boy who rolled a uh, rolled a 300 game this past week. I know Scott, you're you're planning on maybe going out and catching some bowling this weekend, but uh, that was a a nice start for uh, for Andover Central boy. Yeah, uh, Andover Central's turning into 300 high. Uh, last year, Peyton Crumley rolls one for the girls on the girls' side. And, and uh, uh, you know, I've I, I mentioned it in an earlier podcast, I, I produced a couple of Andover high graduates. And so I know when Andover and Andover Central get together, anything can happen in any sport. And uh, last week in their bowling duels, uh, Central's Dayton Cunningham rolls the – the first 300 game in Kansas this season and on his way to a 742 series that helped to help the Jaguars top top and over and then Crumley didn't roll a 300 but rolled a 664 which is always a pretty nice uh, series uh, uh, as the Jags get the sweep in that so uh, congratulations to Dayton he rolls that at uh, Bolero Wichita which is uh, the new name for North Rock Lanes I guess so I'm, I'm trying to get used to that vernacular uh, as, as North Rock Lanes is now called Bolero, which uh, they just hosted the PBA Players Championship there uh, a few days before Cunningham comes in and, and rolls his 300. Uh, but that, that will also be the site of the Great Plains Invitational uh, on Friday and Saturday. They'll start with the girls on Friday, uh, the guys on Saturday. And that brings in, um, you know, I saw some debate about on Twitter last week about where Western Can- where the border of Western Kansas starts. Well, if, you're, if your border is Topeka and West, uh, this will be a really good tournament for for the uh, western part of the state. Uh, Washburn Rural will be the, representing Topeka, but uh, you've got schools like Junction City, uh, Garden City out in southwest Kansas, a lot of the Wichita area schools. Uh, that's always a really good tournament. You know, we talk about in wrestling the, the Newton Tournament of Champions being a really good kind of tournament that brings in great athletes from all classes. Well, this Great Plains Invitational is kind of the same thing on the on the state level here. Uh, a lot of good teams, a lot of teams that'll that you'll see uh, in late February at the at the state tournaments and, and doing big things will be competing in the Great Plains Invitational. So uh, that's that's just a stone's throw from where I live here in Wichita. So I'm going to jump over there and try and catch some of that this weekend. I'm disappointed they didn't go with Bolarama instead of Bolero. Bolarama <laughs> would have been way better and way way more fun. Yeah, to, uh, 
way more fun to say. And so, absolutely, we'll uh, we'll dive into some bowling, some wrestling, some swimming, uh, and uh, recap some of these girls' basketball tournaments uh, this past, from this past week. The next time we come to you with our Acacia Covered podcast, which will be in a couple weeks. And so, uh, with that, we'll get back out to get back out to hitting up some more tournaments, hitting up some more action. Check out all our coverage on Acacia Covered. Um, True Blue Student of the Weeks each week. Uh, we've had some really great ones here recently and some more coming on. Uh, Scott, you've got one more thing you wanted to mention? Yeah, you're, you're kind of cleaning the clipboard here, and I think I'll, I'll make sure to add one more thing here too. We're kind of getting up on the deadline, March 1st uh, for high school seniors. That's the deadline for the for the True Blue Cacia Scholarships, and that that's a really great program that started along with the, the same time that we started the CaciaCovered.com here. Uh, the, you know, Cacia gives out uh, 34 uh, $2,000 scholarships to high school seniors that are that are off to college, and, and that uh, application pl- process is open right now. So uh, if you know a high school senior uh, who participates in any of the Acacia activities, and I'm talking, you know, we're not not just talking the ball, the ball sports. We're talking, uh, you know, d- dance, debate, cheerleading, Ks, uh, music, you know, the band, the orchestra, uh, vocal scholars bowl, speech, uh, student Council Unified Bowling. Keisha gives one scholarship for each of the 34 activities that it sponsors, and that's a that's a that's a pretty good uh, pretty good check there for for a, a student who's heading off to college. So uh, go to Keisha.org and and uh, the scholarship information is there. The application, the online application process is there. So make sure uh, you know you talk to your high school senior who's who's college bound and and uh, let them know what's out there because it's a it's a you know. Uh, it's it's not too hard to apply for that one, and uh, uh, Keisha will give those out here later in the spring. Yeah, and thanks to Capital Federal for providing the funds for, for those scholarships. Uh, they're our partner here at Keisha Covered, and that was something they were uh, very heavily interested in when we started this project, and it's something we've really embraced as well. So uh, thank you to Capital Federal for, for doing that, and yes, definitely, uh, you know, administrators, whoever's listening, uh, if, if there's a, a worthy kid uh, you know, this is a great opportunity to get the get them some money before their college education. So, uh, thanks again to CapFed for sponsoring Acacia Covered, and we will come to you again in two weeks. So, for Mac Moore, Scott Past, and Ricky Peterson, this is Brent Maycock saying we'll see you in a couple weeks.